Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Flywheel, your number one source for everything Frax, DeFi, and everything in between. If you want to know what's going on in the world on chain, well, you've come to the right place. This is DeFi Dave here with Capital K, and we're here to help you harness the power of the Flywheel and talk about a protocol, protocol that has the Flywheel down pat. We had on Prisma Finance, their very own Richard, head of developer relations, and we get into everything from how the protocol works, what exactly redemptions are, how the token accrues value, their tokenomics model, and how they were able to find so much success uh, in this certain time and place. We get into it all. Kit, thoughts on this one? I'm most excited about the roadmap. It's the like roadmap, almost yeah. that thing, you haven't seen nothing yet. Like that's, yeah. that's exciting. I think he explained things very well. Uh, I think the most bullish part about that too is like, I have no idea what's going on in crypto. I'm just been heads True. down. Prisma. Like that, like full stop. He's just like, I've just been heads. We, we asked him like, what else are you looking? It's like nothing. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just Prisma Maxi to the max. And so I'm just like, damn, this guy's dedicated. So, yeah. you know, this guy knows what he's talking about here. Like anything you want to know about Prisma finance, we got you covered. No stone left unturned. But before we get this one started, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe to your YouTube right now. Hit that bell button to get all the notifications for Flywheel on your feed. Make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Give us a like. Make sure you go ahead and to our website, flywheeldefi.com. Subscribe to our newsletter, Alpha, every day of the week. Make sure, Alpha, 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 Alpha. Make sure you follow us on our social medias, at Defi on Twitter, TikTok, and Telegram. And you can follow yours truly, me on Twitter at DeFi Dave 22 and me at zero X capital underscore K and let's get the flywheel spinning. Do you hold ETH but don't know what to do with it? Want to earn those juicy liquid staking derivative yields but don't know where to start? Well, Frax ETH is there for you. Frax ETH is Frax's native LSD solution allowing you to earn boosted yields in multiple ways on your ETH. If you want to get started, go to app.frax.finance and turn your ETH into Frax ETH today. Welcome back to Flywheel, everyone. I'm your host, DeFi Dave. I'm here with Capital K, as always. And this time around, we have on Richard from Prisma Finance. He's the head of developer relations, and he's going to come on to tell us what they're cooking at Prisma Finance. We at Flywheel have been fans of Prisma for a while. Uh, I feel like next to Frax, we report on Prisma and all the happenings there, <laughs> like the second most. True. So, uh, uh, Richard, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting us over. And uh, yeah, thanks for talking about Prisma. Definitely tuned in and heard you guys talk about Frax and heard you guys talk about Prisma. So it's great to hear. Great to be on, on the show. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll get this started. So um, for those who are unfamiliar, what is Prisma Finance and how is it different than other stable coins. Yeah, okay, so Prisma Finance is a liquid staking derivative backed um, protocol that will take these LSD tokens and use them to mint a stable coin. So it's not necessarily different than other stable coins in the sense that the stable coin should be a stable coin that can be used around you know, the DeFi uh, ecosystem, but it's the mechanism behind it that is different from say other protocols in that we'll take in these liquid staking derivative tokens and use those as collateral to mint a stable coin. And then you know, there's a whole system within Prisma that creates incentives 
for these uh, liquid staking tokens to be used, and then also for the stable token to be used on Prisma and on other protocols like uh, Curve, and I think we've got Balancer and Uniswap upcoming as well. Yeah, let's go into that. Like, wh what is the whole system that you guys uh, created here? What's this whole flywheel we have cooking? Yeah, okay. So, you know, Prisma is based on liquidity. And what we saw was there was an opportunity to do something a little bit different. Uh, it's something that the team had thought about for quite some time, actually. And I think, you know, we can talk about this a little bit later uh, in terms of, say, the launch and how things worked. But the product market fit really kind of came into play when the whole uh, LSD um, sort of the whole LSD area matured and became something that a lot of people, a lot more people were willing to play. So I know I've talked about this before on some other shows, but you know, the liquid staking derivative sort of uh, ecosystem is quite large. It's like 60 billion and there's, I think 20 billion on chain and, you know, protocols like ourselves are only roughly represent under a billion. Um, so, you know, it took a while for that area to sort of mature and then our system comes along and uses something like liquidity. And instead of taking in Ethereum as collateral, it takes in these different uh, liquid staking derivatives, uh, liquid staking tokens to mint the stable coin. And so right now we have uh, four, we take in four LSDs. We'll take in uh, Lido, Coinbase, Rocket Pool, and Frax ETH. And people can use those as collateral to mint the stable coin. Um, when they do mint the stable coin, just like liquidity, they can use that uh, in the stability pool. But it's a little bit different than liquidity in that our stability pool and the other places like Curve, where you can become a liquidity provider for the Prisma token or MKUSD, our stablecoin, those uh, get Prisma governance token emissions, which is something that was a little bit lacking, let's say, from sort of the liquidity system. Um, so I think that's one of the main differences is, you know, the Prisma DAO exists um, and they can sort of determine where these emissions go. And so that's a bit more, there's a bit more to the system uh, compared to say just a base liquidity, say copy or fork. And so that's sort of the main difference here is uh, one of the main differences is that DAO and being able to, you know, send emissions to different, uh, different emission receivers as we call them. Interakit, mm. what are you thinking right now? No, I, I'm thinking of speaking of emissions, you guys recently uh, did a proposal to change some of the um, emissions directing. Can you walk us through what was the initial emission schedule and then um, how did it recently change? Okay, which proposal are you referring to? Sorry, I'm not. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about the one where you guys switched the emissions going into the um, uh, MKUSD uh, stable pairs, and then you kind of uh, uh, redirected it to like a different pair? Okay. Um, basically, what, what we do is it's a bit like curve gauge votes. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, we, you know, people can propose in the DAO to create a new emission receiver, we call them, rather than calling them gauges. So I'm not sure if that's what you're referring to. So we yes, did add yes. some. Yeah, so that's, that's basically been added on uh, from the start. Uh, there was a, like one or two pools, and then just as these pools get added, I think one of the one of the important pools that was added recently was, you know, pairing the Prisma token with MKUSD, and so that that token was voted in. So there's just a few different um, pools that are going to get voted in 
and you know some polls can obviously not be voted in they will be proposed and uh, mm-hmm. so that will that will change just as time goes on and we i think we will see in the future like i said uh, earlier we'll see some rather than just be curve pools we'll see some balancer or we'll see some uniswap or there could be any there could be some other types of uh, emission receivers um one of the things that we've just proposed um i was going to talk about it a little bit later but this smkusd it's on the governance forum it's still being sort of finalized the code um that's uh tokenized deposit into the stability pool and so what that does is you know right now uh, if you deposit your MTUSD into the stability pool, it's a bit of a, a dead end, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you get emissions, you get the uh, liquidations, uh, but you can't really do anything with uh, with that deposit. SMKUSD would be sort of a tokenized version of that. And that's another thing that could be voted in as an emission receiver as well. So that's not a curve pool. It's not a, it's not a DEX pool. It's a, another thing on Prisma that could be voted in. And so those types of things can happen as well. So I think you'll see that as things mature a little bit, as we talk to other protocols and, uh, you know, find some synergies. So the stability pool, this is a core part of liquidity and their structure is a core part of Prisma and its structure. Can we go exactly like what that is for people that are unfamiliar with it and how it plays in the stability of the whole protocol? No pun intended. Yeah, for sure. So, um, the stability pool in Prisma, for people who are familiar with Liquidity, it's pretty much the same in that uh, users who mint MKUSD, the, st- uh, the, um, the stablecoin, they can deposit that stablecoin into what is called the stability pool. And what happens is when the system does undergo liquidations, um, those the collateral that gets liquidated gets dropped into the stability pool and distributed pro rata to the people who are deposited into the stability pool. And the MKUSD that those people have deposited into the stability pool gets burned. So that's a way that the system takes care of sort of the checks and balances when a liquidation happens. Uh, so it's like a, a limit order, kind of in a way. It's like, oh, like you want some uh, ETH at a discount here to like go in the stability pool. Absolutely. That's that's a great way to look at it. Totally. And so, I mean, it's it sounds a bit complicated, but basically it's what you're saying. You know, you can deposit in there and you will get these liquidations when they happen. You know, since we've been uh, since Prisma has launched, the market's been, um, I don't know, pretty much up only, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. So there hasn't been much action in terms of liquidations. And so when you are deposited into the stability pool, there's sort of also, uh, you know, you do get the emissions as a. Uh, as an APR there as well. Yeah, you may have not had liquidations, but there have been plenty of people redeemed. And I'm curious, like, what the difference is between the two, because I've seen, like, both of them happen. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you asked that question, because there's definitely some, you know, first-time users kind of get confused about that. And you'll hear things like, uh, you know, my collateral ratio is fine. Like, and so when, when you deposit collateral, there's sort of a minimum collateral ratio that you have to have. And they will be like, hey, my collateral ratio has been above this minimum collateral ratio. Why have I lost some of my collateral? And that's when you will have something called redemption happen. And so redemption is part, again, of the liquidity system, and it's a peg-keeping mechanism. And so when the stability token uh, sorry, the, when the stability coin is trading, you know, under peg, it can become profitable for somebody to buy up a bunch of that uh, stable coin and redeem it 
uh, in the system. And when they redeem it, say say they buy that token at, say it's way under peg, which this hasn't happened, but just to give a, a, a sort of a, a brutal example, you know, they, if they buy MKUSD at 95 cents, they can then redeem it against somebody's vault or somebody's position for $1 of collateral. And so there's that profit there. And so a redemption is, is that system. And what it hits is it hits the least collateralized uh, vaults, as we call them, uh, first. Oh. So, you know, you can have a vault at, you know, at 150% or 170, 180 or 200. If that's the first vault in line, if everybody else has a higher collateral ratio than that one and the peg drops, um, they can be redeemed against. So for sure, there was some growing pains there early on. Uh, we've sort of learned how to align incentives and I haven't checked. I meant to check before the call to see when the last redemption was, but the redemptions have sort of uh, tapered off. But there was there was a, a bit of time there where we were sort of having to figure out how to align the incentives. Um, so, so, yeah. So, so, okay, I get it now. So with like redeems, liquidations is when you're under, when you're under like the health factor and then your vault just gets, you know, liquidated, penalty fee, all that stuff. Redeemed right. is different because it doesn't have to do with your individual vault. It has to do with the health of the system as a whole and the health of MKUSD as a stable coin. So if that's under peg, uh, oh, the mechanism for it to get back to peg is you have arbitrageurs go, they buy MKUSD uh, below a dollar, and then they redeem it against the next most, you know, the next vault in line. And even though if your vault may be safe from liquidation, it may be the first one on the chopping block. Correct. Yeah. Okay, I got. It. Is there a way to? as a user to like improve that UX UI experience? Like, is there a way to see like, Hey, like I don't, where can I compare my vault compared to everybody <laughs> else's vault? So I know I'm not like the first one in line to get redeemed. Yeah. So on the UX, uh, sorry, on the UI, um, there is a, when you look at your position, uh, it will tell you how much debt is in front of your position. So, and, and what position you are in, like in terms of numbers in line. I'm just calling this up on the screen right now just to see exactly how we called it here. So, um, yeah, it'll basically tell you your position in line. So it'll say, you know, your vault is number 104 of 256 or something like this. And it'll say, you know, there's 80 million of debt in front of you. And so that's a pretty safe position. So that's baked right into the UI when you have a position. Uh, okay. So when you open a vault, yeah. Got okay, it. So that's Got it. It. in it. Okay. And um, it, yeah. actually, what what oracles do you use when determining this? Do you use, like I guess, like the curve pool? Are there like other things you use? Yeah, each of the – so all of this uses – everything except for Frax uses Chainlink, and Frax is using their, um, their solution. <laughs> and so we basically – at the moment – so. We have this risk team that we work with, and they're working on, you know, evaluating uh, sort of different oracles and, and different setups that we should use. And so that's basically at the moment been Chainlink or, or nothing. Um, we are looking at talking to other oracle teams to try to learn what their solutions are like, but for the moment, that's the way it is. Got it. Up, oh, you were going to ask something. Yeah, I also had a quick question about the. Um... 
the trolls that are in in line do you guys have some kind of like um i i, I would imagine you could build this over time it's like a percentage chance of you know this is you are number like you said you know 108 in line there's 80 million uh, collateral ahead of you there is maybe a five percent chance of you getting hit with a redemption um I, I think that way it would help the user kind of gauge their um at risk factor because you know even those 80 million in front of me i really wouldn't know what that means you know? Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Like, I was looking at my own vault uh, just earlier, and there was like, I don't know, it was 80 or 70 or 90 million in front of me, and I'm like, okay, I think I'm safe. Um, so <laughs> we do have, yeah, like, we, we do have some stuff being built where uh, they're go people, users are going to be able to go in and have a look at some historical data, excuse me, some historical data, and then also do some simulations. Um, you know, mm -hmm. if there was a redemption of this amount done, what would happen? Who would get wiped out? Right, right. Exactly. And how close would that get to me? I think that's one of the biggest things in our space. You know, we've all been through uh, several, I think, cycles. And, you know, DeFi, we've been playing with it for a while. And I think we can mm -hmm. all agree that we've probably done the ape first, read later um, <laughs> sort of scenario and i am, you know, guilty. I am more than guilty <laughs> yes, of that. many many such cases yeah exactly so i think but you are seeing people be more sophisticated i know some groups of uh dgens that i'm i mean you know we're, we're looking around and saying what happened to us you know we're being much more careful about things and so you're seeing more of these tools come out and people wanting to be able to sort of understand a system a lot better so that they can, you know, not be in a bad spot and maybe just, you know, leave the house and not be worried that they're going to come home and be wrecked. And so yeah. we are working with some protocols to have these tools built. And then the idea would be that we would get some sort of sort of videos to explain, hey, you know, we're working with these people or our own prismamonitor.com, I think it is. Um, we have mm -hmm. a tool there where people oh, can go okay. in and have a look at um, redemptions, for example. That's one of the things somebody would come along and say, I was redeemed. I have no idea how or what happened. And so, you know, we built this panel that can show them, you know, here's the transaction where you were redeemed. Here's what happened. Here's the amount. And, oh. and so they can get an idea of uh, something more tangible when uh, something like that happens to them. But we are working on those tools because I think that's something that's super important for building a mature product, really. Yeah, people need to, it's like one thing for it to work, but like it's another thing for people to like see the whole process of mm -hmm. how it works. Like, oh, redeemed, like why did I get redeemed? Like, oh, like why did this happen or that happen? So, yeah, Kit, uh, what yeah. are you going to say? I, I did I did have a quick question about the, um, when the MKUSD is redeemed against a trove, does that mean like it they get to take my ETH, but they also help me minus my MKUSD debt? Correct. Yeah, that gets burned, yeah. Got it, got it. Okay, I just wanted to make yeah. sure because I was, I was imagining a case where I, I kept getting redeemed and then I started off being totally over collateralized, but then I basically crossed threshold from being redeemed against. But if they burn my MKUSD for me and just like the, the liquidity model. Yeah, it's exactly like the liquidity model, yeah. Got it, okay. Yeah, what are some of the biggest pain points you see with users and developers so far with Prisma? Like, where do people have like the most questions you see as someone working in developer relations? And what are the solutions that you're providing them and solutions and answers? Um, definitely early on, it was the redemption thing because people were, you know, unfortunately, people didn't maybe read the documents and they didn't understand the difference between, you know, liquidations and redemptions. So that's why your question there was actually like, 
perfect because anyone watching the show hopefully will be able to now understand the difference between the two. So mm-hmm. that was certainly something that we were having to talk a lot about with people. I think other simple things like, you know, the fee, the liquidation fee that is reserved, you know, you, you the system keeps a 200 uh, MKUSD liquidation fee. So if you're liquidated, um, mm-hmm. that covers the gas costs. Some people don't understand exactly where that goes. But I think, yeah, I mean, those are that's basically been the biggest pain point since then. Yeah, there hasn't been like anything concrete in terms of, oh, yeah, well, there's this one specific area. Yeah. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is definitely sort of, you know, understanding your list in the line of troves to, but again, this comes back to redemptions. Like, where am I and and how, how is this? Is this dangerous? So I think, you know, we're going to see more concerns when, um, you know, if we do get a little sell-off at some point, you're going to see some people, uh, you're going to get those people who maybe haven't experienced uh, gas wars <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Sell-off. Do it's not funny, say like, such things re- on this redeem show. Just yeah, sound, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> redeem just sound like a game of musical chairs, and some people are, like, playing closer to the edge than, than others or running around the circle faster than others. And then when the music stops and the arbitrager comes and you don't have a seat, well, sorry. There, there goes your MKUSD. There goes your collateral. Whoops. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> I made that for people to make a clip. <laughs> I made a guy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Anyways. Um, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Uh, okay, what are you going to say? Uh, I just wanted to um, switch the topic over to understanding a bit more about the um, your guys' lock drop, or I'm not quite sure what terminology you guys use for the uh, locked emissions. Um, kind of, what was the motivation behind that, and what other case studies did you study beforehand? And did the number of people locking slash redeeming kind of play out to what you guys had modeled internally? Um, yeah. So we didn't actually. I, I saw you guys talking about the lock drop thing. I think it was was it, was it just yesterday? Maybe you guys mentioned the term, and we didn't call it that internally. Um, Man, I don't know. Don't know really which we have. I think, crypto, term I think crypto investor came up with that term. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, there wasn't. I mean, we didn't have a lot of modeling done for that because I think at the mm-hmm. start, um, with return with respect to the liquid lockers and things like that, we weren't really sure how many teams or projects would get on board with that. I know there were a few groups that were interested and in talking to us from quite a ways out. Um, and then, you know, they ended up developing something else or working on something else. And, uh, and so in the end, you know, we've got, uh, sort of urine and convex doing what they're doing. And so it was, it was, it was a bit difficult because coming back to your question about users understanding things, that's not necessarily, that was an event, I suppose. And that event was confusing for users. I think, um, yeah. you know, how do I claim do I claim to who? What are they going to offer? You know, is there going to be? Is it going to get pegged one to one? Are there going to be incentives to make you know CVX Prisma, Prisma sort of, uh, sort of uh, go on par with each other, things like that? I think that was a difficult time for users to figure out exactly what was the smartest play to do there. Um, you know, do you just sort of take everything in CVX Prisma and then you know um, deposit that in to the pool? against some Prisma or do you go in one-sided? So that was something that, that happened there. So we didn't have a lot of, uh, of models around that. I think the big thing was it was a great way to bootstrap uh, the DAO. You know? I think that's one of the things that we were really looking at was how do you, 
create something where if you think about it, you know, the airdrop that happened, um, you know, sort of the two airdrops, that was something where you had uh, you know, the airdrop from the curve vote. You've got a lot of supposedly, you know, sophisticated or experienced DeFi players in that airdrop. And you're trying to encourage them to join mm -hmm. the DAO and to make the decisions. And we have seen a lot of that for sure. You know, uh, definitely um, there's not a lot of chat in the governance channel of our Discord, but I'm always impressed by the amount of thought and, um, and the ideas that are put there by the people who are super sticky in the, in the DAO and the governance part of the, our Discord. So I think that was really the biggest thing is you want to, you know, Liquidity didn't have a DAO. And so when it launched, that sort of didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that's one of the things. It's like, how do, you, how do you bootstrap a DAO and make sure that there's a community there that's sufficiently decentralized with different interests? Different, yep, all those different parties that come into your DAO. Yeah. 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 So what is it like been like launching both a protocol and a DAO at the same time, bootstrapping both at the same time? Because there's like a lot of different moving pieces. One, you have, you know, the protocol, which is really technical and you have you know, a lot of this, a lot of stuff going on, making sure everything's smooth. And the other is DAO with governance and all these, like you said, different interests like coming on board. Like what kind of people have you seen in your community? I'm sure you see a lot of crossover from like Convex, Frax, Curve, like that whole ecosystem. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of launching all of that together, um, I think each team member had a moment where they got sick at some point just because we were all, you know, it's a lot of work to sort of man the Discord, handle the um, kind of setting everything up, getting everything running, get people educated. You know, we use some different terms. The system's a little bit different than, obviously, different than Liquidity. And it's, uh, you know, in, in terms of the curve, Frax, sort of all flywheel ecosystem, it's new. And so there was, uh, you know, your coaching teams to this is how we're going to write our governance proposals um, to communities like, uh, sorry, community members, like here's come on in and, you know, comment on this or work on this or here are the ideas behind it. Um, the good thing has been that we've had a lot of support as well. You'll see um, other protocols in the, or sorry, in the Discord chatting things through. So I think on the one hand, launching the protocol, you know, we were, we did a good thing there where we had uh, prior to launching the governance token and the DAO, we had the protocol up with the 20 million debt cap and the 30 million debt cap. And mm -hmm. so we were able to sort of make sure everything was working there. And then of course, you know, you do your simulations on forks and things like that and do all your testing. And so that was sort of, you know, tested and running uh, when we launched the DAO. And then, you know, there was a few hiccups there originally. Um, you know, we saw that the community quickly wanted to raise the interest rates. And so uh, twice, and so we went to 2% and we went to 4%. So that was that was really good in a sense, because that was a, a need that was seen to help deal with the redemption problem. But it sort of incentivized a lot of the community to come together and make a decision. So... I don't know. It was it was hectic, you know. It was tense or intense, um, but it was really good. I think the team responded really well, so that was great. You know, we gelled and uh, you know everybody picked up a piece and, and moved stuff around and did things. And also other protocols, you know, like you know folks from Convex, folks from Urine. Um, you know, we even had some folks, you know, from Stakedow and other protocols just in the Discord helping out and talking. And you know, people who obviously saw that they wanted to be you know, they wanted to be part of this and, and make it a success. So I think that was really encouraging. You love seeing all of 
like the OGs of DeFi coming together to help the new school come. Well, I mean, not new school protocols come. Uh, and so it seems like teamwork and working together and being positive some, as we say, in our corner of Fraxland uh, is really important for a successful launch. Uh, are there any other secrets uh, to the launch of a Prisma because you guys did a really good job, like yeah. by t- very like really tangible objective metrics, like 300 million TVL, uh, widely used, making huge splash. You had Tetranode tweeting all over the place. Like you guys did a great job. Like what were the secrets to your success in that regard and like launching itself? Yeah, you know, somebody asked me that question the other day, and uh, I gave them an answer that I don't think was was enough. But my my head's been thinking <laughs> about it, you know, because you know. I, in, it went rather well, I think, you know, part of it was luck in terms of the market timing. And so, um, you know, you got that mm. saying, you've got to be uh, lucky to be good and good to be lucky. Um, so I think, you know, the market turning somewhat when the launch happened, that was luck and that was useful. Um, but there were many other aspects um, from the outside. And, you know, there's so there's simple things like people noticing the branding, like that original intro video that I think was the first tweet. Um, and then the consistent branding and the graphics across the social media tied together with the whole LSD idea um, mm-hmm. was, was kind of, I think that's, that was super, super useful for creating an identity very quickly. Um, and then the UI and user experience when the protocol uh, did launch with the, with the early launch, a lot of people found it, although it is quite busy, um, found it quite intuitive and easy to use. Um, but underlying it all, I think the team also built a system that made life easier and interesting for certain integrations with other protocols as well. So when you saw teams come on and say, hey, we're going to make a liquid locker and we're going to do this, there was some stuff there that was interesting for example, for the airdrop, for being able to say, I'm going to claim the airdrop in the name of Convex and you know, there's going to be a callback, so, so to speak, to get the Convex uh, Prisma. Um, you know, making it so that was something fairly easy to do and, and having it backed with some, you know, DeFi OGs and projects like Curvefrax and Convex, I think that was definitely useful. I mean, if you can make it so that your project plugs into other projects very quickly, then, you know, the whole flywheel aspect will come somehow. And I think lastly, it was pretty good product market fit. Um, not just from the market made up of, you know, people with LSDs want to leverage their investments, but also the the market where other DeFi protocols like, you know, Yearning Convex want to integrate with Prisma. So I think you pull all that together, there's a whole bunch of aspects. There's the luck, the branding, the, the UI is, is, I think, is really good. I mean, I've also heard that from, you know, lots of teams when we talk to them. Um, you know, getting the investors that we got into the protocol as well that are able to help with things like, say, Prisma, Prisma Monitor from, you know, Lama Air Force and a few of these other things. Um, all of it sort of came together. And I think it's not just – I think you have to see that it's not just – that this is a great solution for people who have LSDs and are looking to, you know, free up some capital because obviously we have some competitors that are offering the same thing. But when you do make it really easy to work with other protocols, and, and that's not a comment against our competition, but I just is something that I've seen with us, um, that helps. And so all of this stuff comes together. And I think it's a little bit, what's the term you guys use for Sam? Uh, the positive, positive sum. Positive sum. 
Yeah, the positive something. Like, I definitely saw that. I remember, like, a long time ago, seeing Sam, you know, in the early algorithmic stablecoin or basis cash stuff, you know, and he'd talk about Frax and he'd talk about those systems too. And he was there playing the game. And I think that's part of it, you know? So you end up with all these protocols sort of working together and the OGs working together because they know this is something that is going to be useful for protocols and people. And so I think that also helps a lot. It makes it very downhill. Yeah, down. I love that last word you used, downhill, forward momentum, all these different things coming together, the stars aligning, and boom, you have something like Prisma Finance like um, come. Uh, wait, Kit, were you about to say something? No, no, no. Keep going. Oh, uh, no, that, I, was, I just finished, but I was going to go on to the next question. Do it. Um, yes. So Prisma, uh, I want to ask about the tokenomics. Uh, how, how does the Prisma token accrue value? Um, and uh, what is like what is the emission schedule looking like over time? Okay, um, for accruing value, so Prisma, you know, has the interest rate on the one hand. So yeah. um, once when you take out a vault and you deposit whatever, I know, a certain amount of collateral, and you take out say a hundred thousand uh, dollars MKUSD, you're going to be paying interest on that MKUSD loan, and that's currently four percent. That's something that can change um, based on DAO vote. And so, like I alluded to earlier, we did do that. That's happened twice. Um, it opened up at 1%, went to 2%, now it's at 4%. So those, that's fees that are deposited to a fee receiver. And then there's also minting fees. Um, so when you open up a vault, there's a fee that's, that you have to pay. And those fees are deposited to the fee receiver. And actually, it's going to be this Thursday. So we've gone through a governance process that has determined what's going to happen with the fees that are in that fee receiver. Currently, there's five, just short of $5 million worth of Prisma, um, NKUSD, and then collateral in the fee receiver. And so what they're going to do is start to distribute that out. I believe it's $100,000 a week paid out. It works out to th roughly 38% APR just sort of depending on um, price of tokens and things like this. But uh, for the current amount of Prisma locked and the amount that's going to be distributed, it works out to 38% APR for locked Prisma. And so that's sort of how that's going to work for the next little while. Um, and that can change as well because that's a DAO vote type thing. The estimation is that there will be roughly 10 million in MKUSD fees per year collected by the system. Obviously, as we onboard more collaterals and can increase the amount of debt, we get more interest and we get more mm -hmm. fees from people opening vaults. Um, so that can change. Um, so that's sort of the principal uh, tokenomics there. In terms of the emissions, um, it's actually uh, mildly complicated because um, the first few weeks were pegged, I believe, at 2.25 million uh, Prisma. And then it's going to be going down to, it varies, but it's a percentage of, so there was a certain amount of Prisma tokens that were set aside for emissions. And then over the next several years, there's a, a it's not like 1% a week. I think some other protocols do that sort of thing. Prisma varies a little bit in terms of the percent per week that will be emitted. But the thing that sort of throws a wrench in it all is Prisma's boost system. So, mm. In a, in a given week, let's say there's, say, 2 million Prisma available to be claimed, but that's 2 million Prisma available to be claimed at two times boost. So if I'm a user that has locked Prisma, I'm allowed a certain amount of 
Prisma missions at two times boost, and it's just pro rata on my lock versus obviously everybody else's lock. And that's sort of how the 2x boost is calculated. So I can claim a certain amount of 2x boost every week. And when I run out of my 2x boost, I'm claiming at a lower amount of boost until I run out of boost until the following Thursday when that resets to 2x. When I'm running out of boost, I can borrow somebody else's boost. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that in the system. But no. You can actually borrow... yeah. the, okay. the boost delegation, yeah. right? How do, you, yeah, boost how do you borrow some boost? Yeah, okay. So this is a new thing that Prisma has where, mm. you know, if you sort of run out of 2x boost, you can have a look as you're claiming your Prisma. So, you know, you get your rewards lined up and you want to claim your rewards sort of like you would do on any sort of... Um, you know, DeFi system. So you click, you know, lock my rewards, we call it in Prisma. So, cause you're locking them. And when you do that, a screen comes up that gives you the option to borrow two X boost or, you know, maybe 1.97 X boost or, or whatever off of somebody else. So if you're, if you've already claimed, you know, down to 1.5 X boost and uh, of your own boost, when this screen comes up, you can borrow somebody else's at say 1.97, you pay them a fee. So you'll end up getting a more, Prisma tokens, okay, but you also mm-hmm. distribute a little fee to the person that you're borrowing the boost from. Anyways, so this is a bit of a long story to say that the Prisma emissions for a given week are 2x boost emissions. And if not everybody claims at 2x boost, then that whole 2 million for that given week will not be distributed. And they will just go back to the pile. And you know the, the percentages that will be emitted every week are the same, but that base amount of that original pile of Prisma, it will sort of um, decrease more slowly. Mm. Oh, so yeah. if no one claims it, what do you mean? Like, oh, no one claims the boost? So, or no, one cl- yeah. no, like, so So basically the, the 2 million is if everybody claimed it 2x, but mm-hmm. not everybody's going to claim it 2x because it's just not possible given the okay. system. And so that stuff is going to be sort of shunted back into the pile of available uh, emissions. And so in a sense, it will increase the life of emissions, but also, you know, every week will be higher than it would have been had those 2 million come out. Uh, Got it. Got it. It's a bit difficult to sort of explain, but basically, so you can't really write a a sort of uh, a deterministic amount. You can't say, well, this week it's going to be this much, next week it's going to be that much, because the little pile that it's basing those, say, 1% off of could be higher than, than what was predicted. Understood. Understood. Um, can I actually backtrack to the the revenue question a bit? And you mentioned ten mil kind of coming into the protocol. What percent of that ten mil goes to the token holders, and what percent goes towards like the protocol's treasury, for example? Um, okay, so that was actually just in the governance uh, proposal, and so um, it's not necessarily going to be. Uh, going to the treasury. So um, what they've done is they've said uh, in the proposal, they said any LST fees will be sold for MKUSD and then up to 100K MKUSD uh, will be distributed weekly. So that's what we talked about earlier. And then oh, okay. And then apart from that, another 25,000 MKUSD will be paired with $25,000 worth of Prisma because there's Prisma from the uh, penalties in the fee receiver. That will be paired up and added as sort of protocol on liquidity uh, in the MKUSD Prisma pool. And then, you know, so we uh, there will be sort of other 
Prisma. There's going to be some Prisma remaining in the system and MKUSD. So there's a bit of a buffer there to sort of that will be spread out over time. And, you know, the governance can obviously come in and change that 100K USD to, to more if they wanted to. And the protocol on liquidity, that can be changed as well. Got it. Okay, so so correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, said differently, a portion of the revenue is going to go towards distributing to the users, and then a portion of it will go into th- this Prisma slash MKUSD LP pair for protocol on liquidity. And right now, the split is 100k to all the the, the Prisma lockers and 25k to be deployed into, or rather 50k because 25 MKUSD yeah. and then 25 for the Prisma. So that's kind of the split right now. Correct. Well, that's the split. Yeah, actually, that's that's been voted in, and that's going to come be live on Thursday. Yep. Oh, Thursday. Oh, yeah. Well, this, yeah. So this will be by the time this is released, it will be live. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. So another yeah. thing that I forgot to mention there is, of course, bribes. And so you know, mm-hmm. Convex has the Vodium bribes, um, and then Hidden Hand, a redacted Hidden Hand, has just native V Prisma bribes. So there's also that in terms of say revenue for the token. Ah, uh, so gotcha. there's also vote incentives like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Another and, and that and that is independent of the boost delegation, right? So as a VE, uh, as a Prisma locker, you get frankly a lot of value accrual to your token just um outside of earning direct revenue from the protocol itself. Right, you get the boost delegations, and then you get this uh, bribing slash um, v- voting incentive as well. Did you ever calculate what the APR is on that? Um, on the bribes, no, that's something I have on my list right now. It's only been, I think, two weeks that we've had bribes, and so. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but definitely, it's something that has to be looked at and calculated. Uh, just basically, uh, you know, it's something that we have to publicize, and it's something we're going to have to go around and show people as well. So. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what that is as well. Uh, I can add like much more of a boost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, for the roadmap of 2024 for Prisma, what do you have in your plans? Uh, it sounds like from so far, uh, you plan on adding more LSDs as collateral. Uh, is there anything else you have in store? Can you drop any names of LSDs that, you're, that could be added or anything else that could be relevant to this question? Um, I can't really drop any names just because we're still doing sort of due diligence on some things like that. I think uh, 2024, the biggest thing we're going to see is obviously this SMK USD. I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think there needs to be a lot of conversation around that because I'm not sure people say might understand how important that could be because if you ever deposited into the stability pool and liquidity, it was sort of like, you know, you were in there and you were just hoping for liquidations to happen. Correct. Um, which is like, which is sort of like, you know, goes against what you really want. You know, you want number to go up, but there you're sort of hoping for number to go down. So here you can be in there and you can help, you know, stabilize or help, you know, solidify the protocol, but then you can go off somewhere else and do other things with it. So I think that's one of the big things that we want to work on is getting that running and then um, having that being used elsewhere in some other uh, protocols. And so we are talking to folks about that. I think that's one of the things, that's one of the, that's sort of the biggest thing right now, I think. Um, and mm-hmm. then onboarding other collaterals, absolutely. Um, looking at uh, L2s 
and other possibilities Ooh. in that regard. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not much that we can say there right now. It's sort of, you know, there's, uh, you know, that requires a little bit of uh, creative development as well as conversations, but um, you know, that stuff is happening. And I think, really like rappers like mission receivers in other places is something that's really interesting to look at so you know if you think like uniswap v3 creating uh having an emission mm. receiver wrapped around there i think it's kind of a weird thing to think of when you're used to thinking of say curve gauges and you're saying well i'm going to wrap a gauge around a uniswap position or i'm going to mm -hmm. wrap a gauge around um a balancer pool um, or, or, or Maverick or something like this. So those are some things that we're looking at in terms of, you know, pairing up with some other protocols, um, just for, in terms of, you know, having liquidity, um, things like this. But I think the big thing for at least uh, in the short term is definitely the SMK USD. Got it. Yeah. So, so Frax actually also has like a wrapper around like uni v3 uh gauges or, or uni v2 gauges already so it's definitely familiar with that uh, but one thing you said that i don't i want to double click on is that the smk usd and how you know you, people would get more utility out of it now rather than just you know putting a stinky limit order and hopefully it hits like is in, in my mind i always feel that so, sometimes DeFi just goes too far and does too much and maybe the stability pool should just be that like it should be a stable pool that you you come in here for that purpose and it's also for the protocol's health as well because i would imagine that somebody tried leveraging up smkusd and then that smkusd somehow gets blown up then the stability pool is obviously impacted and there's like a massive trickle down domino effect so i, I wanted to hear how you guys are kind of thinking about that and what kind of use cases do you see for smkusd yeah, I mean, I've looked at this little graphic that I made for uh, SNKUSD and thought the same thoughts that you've said there, you know, like, where does it end sort of thing. But um, at the same time, I sort of felt the frustration of just this stable coin exists almost purely to be in the stability pool, which is sort mm -hmm. of, I mean, it's interesting if you think of it in terms of, uh, say, investing, a, you know, you've created a protocol that has the ability to create um, some value. And it's okay if that's, that um, uh, stable token isn't widely used outside of the system. But I think this enables the system to go outside of sort of that sort of closed environment. And so that's sort of why I think it's a little bit important. It almost goes back to that first question um, where you said, uh, uh, how are we different than other stable coins? Sorry, I just had a cough there. Um, yeah, in terms of, so, you know, you do have these other projects that are based on liquidity where the stable coin could end up sort of locked in the system or other stable coins that don't get widely used because, uh, you know, you can do stuff with USDC or USDT or, or, other, or FRAX, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so here I see where, if we can do this, uh, you know, you, you've got a SMK USD will have yield, so you can go to a place like Pendle, or you can go to some other uh, protocols like this and use it as a collateral in a system, sort of in the spirit of Alchemix, where you know this is a, a token that will accrue value, and so you can use it as a collateral that is growing, similar to the LSDs mm -hmm. that are deposited into Prisma, sort of paying themselves off. I mean, it's a slow rate of payoff, but you know something is happening there, so. I agree with you that it is sort of 
um, where does it stop? But at the same time, I think, you know, we still are at a stage in DeFi where it's, what can we build around this? Uh, what's out there? And so, you know, you've got people coming along with some interesting new ideas and building more mature stuff. You know, you've heard, for example, about, you know, prep dexes and stuff like that since, I don't know, mm -hmm. for, for years. And they're finally starting to happen and be used a little more widely. So I, I think it's just, this enables some more of that exploration to happen. And it allows the protocol to sort of have an out into the greater uh, sort of De DeFi ecosystem, as opposed to sort of that MKUSD being widely trapped in the stability pool. Yeah, I don't think that answered your question, but it's sort of the no, spirit no, no, that's of it. Fair. Yeah, Richard, that's absolutely a very fair point because as a you know heavy user of DeFi, us on the show and probably our listeners as well, it's like we hate the word idle capital. We want to get yield across anything and everything we hold. And when I kind of think about it, it's like if it's a stable coin, there's effectively three kind of uses that I want to get out of it. One is I either want to LP or hold it in some form, or I want to earn yield on it in some form, or I want to use it as leverage in some form. Now, what you guys had created with the stability pool is basically I get to do this a very stinky limit order position. Awesome. I like that. And then now I'm going to, I also earn some yield on top of that. Okay. Nice. Like that. The last bit is like leverage. Can I use it to leverage to do more? And I feel like that becomes a, a slippery slope really quickly. And I feel like but absolutely, it could be done, right? There's always a health ratio. There's some number out there that's the right balance of you could have this much SMKUSD out there outstanding with a collective collateral ratio of X percent and everything will be very healthy and kind of moving along. I, I just feel like finding that midpoint is like such a, a, a nebulous task. Where can you have your cake and eat it too? Where, yeah, where is that possible? Dave nailed it. Nailed, I nailed the way of saying it. I want to have my cake and eat it too and eat it three times over. You want to have your yields <laughs> and eat them too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I had that thought too when I was looking at this diagram. I was just like, we really are trying to have it all here. So, yeah, but um, yeah, you're right. And we'll see. I know one of the things we are doing for uh, 2024 is getting um, some studies done on modeling parameters and things like this. And mm -hmm. so I think these are part of the things that will be done, will be looked at, and obviously are things that uh, have to be paid attention yeah. to by us and obviously by the people winding themselves up. Yeah. And um, switching gears a bit, I wanted to ask about like, how was your experience um, getting set up in the whole DeFi ecosystem? Like, how was it like getting a partnership with Convex? How was it like getting MKUSD, you know, curve pools launched? And like, how was it getting integrated into that whole system? Was it pretty frictionless, pretty permissionless? Or were there some hoops you had to jump through? Um, so, yeah, I think early on, some of the discussions happened around this and there was, it was, it was fairly encouraging when we talked to the different protocols. And then also early on, we purchased, I can't remember exactly the amount, but quite a large amount of curve and locked that up to be used for voting. So I think that's sort of like a little vote of confidence, um, that we try to give towards the whole ecosystem. And so that makes things, uh, uh, you know, you've got skin in the game at that point, um, you know, and so uh, it shows that you're committed. 
you know, when you've taken, you know, a good sum of your own funds and locked up sort of the, uh, this curve position. And I, and again, I think when you are, when you do talk to these protocols, you explain a little bit what you're thinking of doing, how it will work. And all of a sudden they see that you have their interest uh, at heart a little bit as well. It's sort of not like, hey, we're building this and good luck, you know, here are the docs and, uh, <laughs> you know, integrate, integrate away. Um, you know, there's more back and forth, like, okay, you guys would prefer if we did it like this or we did it like that, you know? Um, so I think that made things easier. So it wasn't super difficult. I mean, you did have, there's a lot of discussion and there's a lot of sort of, you know, squinting when they look at you, so to speak, or at least it feels that way. And, you know, but, um, you know, you can, you, you have code, uh, you have branding, you have a, a deck and things that make sense. And uh, yeah, you just do the work. I think it wasn't, it wasn't super difficult. And I can definitely say that like since the launch or even just prior to the launch and the airdrop and everything, it was pretty amazing. Like, you know, everybody obviously at that point, you know, understood after the soft launch and the caps were hit and, you know, the marketing was there and people were excited. And obviously, again, like I said earlier, you know, the market was just turning in the right direction. So everybody's mm -hmm. in a good mood. Um, that makes it pretty easy everything, there. honestly. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps. It makes it again like more downhill. You know, um, people are willing to do this because they're like, "Hey, this is an this could be an opportunity." You know, so I, I can't speak for you know, obviously, you know, Convex or Urine or any of these other players that are that are working with us. But you know, when you see what was being built and it sort of makes sense, and you see that it could be an opportunity, I guess it makes sense to take a swing and go for it. So anyways, really yeah, that made it easy. Yeah, yeah. That's really encouraging to hear. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you know that there aren't a lot of like new DeFi protocols that kind of come out of the gate so strong and continues to be so strong, right? You guys grew to like what four hundred million TVL or something, right? Mm. And you guys pretty much went zero to a hundred in like a couple yeah, hours, maybe a day, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then now you guys are at like you know four hundred and and maintaining. Right. So it's, it's awesome to see. And I was wondering if there's any uh, uh, lessons or advice that you could give to other people thinking of launching a DeFi protocol and like, you know, who are the right parties to talk to and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah. It's interesting. I actually had a call with, uh, with a team yesterday or earlier today. I can't remember exactly when, but and then they were asking these questions. Um, yeah. I think one of the biggest things I'd have to say is, Oh, you know, it's it's funny because part of me wants to say, you know, narrative and branding is super important these days. And so mm -hmm. to be able to have a character or, you know, like a dog going with, the sort of, with a hat or something. Yeah, like yeah. A dog or a cat. Or we a have a kid with a hat. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, um, no, but I mean, like, sort of, sort of the whole LSD idea and the colors and sort of those funky videos that we had, you know, that kind of all came together and I'm not saying that this is the answer, but I'm saying it's an ingredient. And so that makes it, it shows that you're, um, okay. It's really easy to LARP with this type of stuff, but if you sort of back that up with, okay, some code, here's what we're doing here, are these ideas. So I think it has to be sort of an integrated play if you can make that work. I think, you know, so you have sort of this sort of idea of branding, you have this narrative, that seems really attractive and then that product market fit. And then when you do talk to the protocols, it's easy to make it clear. And so I think, you know, if you are launching something, um, you have to be really open to listening and working with them. Uh, I think that's pretty important. Uh, you know, make it downhill for everybody. 
really is is the thing to do and it takes a lot of work and you're going to bend over backwards you're going to grind you're going to be 24 7 um and I, I think that's that's really it i think yeah and also get lucky you know so yeah yeah and maybe now sorry go ahead. Go ahead. oh you go yeah, I was gonna say maybe maybe now's that time, you know, where you know we're seeing that uh, you know the FOMC meeting, they're sort of hinting at hey, let's go risk on for a little while, and so maybe now's a good time. Is it the pivot? Maybe, Is now the pivot indeed? Yeah, who knows? And so, and then who knows if when the pivot happens that we're gonna get one of these market tanks for a while. So you know maybe you have a window right now to to make something happen. Um, certainly, there's a lot of uh, happy people in the market, so. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good moment. What I really like and respect about you guys and what you guys have done and what you guys built is how you guys have used existing systems uh, to advance your own. Like, you know, you guys basically use the framework of liquidity. You guys use the incentive power and flywheel of Frax Curve Convex. Uh, you guys have worked with, like you said, Gurn and, and Stake. All these different elements coming together to do this like a, one tweak this one little tweak from like, oh, look, instead of just like ETH in a liquidity, liquidity fork or liquidity, it's a, a LSD and it's like different variation of a liquidity fork. And then boom, you have this massive su success along, as, as you said, with that downhill momentum of the time and place of the market, of the partners that you had, of getting the users together. And like all these different things came together, uh, like the perfect storm and boom, you have a Prisma come out of it. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right there. And I think I think the other thing, too, is that, you know, when you said, like, okay, it's just a little bit of a difference. It's ETH instead of uh, – sorry, it's, it's LSDs instead of ETH. The one thing that we do look at is, like, you know, staked ETH isn't going away. And so – Yeah. And it's only going to, I think, as people – as it matures – um, and people get more educated and, uh, you know, more money comes on chain, these systems should grow. Um, we should all be doing, you know, we've talked with some of our competitors and we all agree, like, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of pie there for everybody, you know, like when you mm -hmm. look at whatever it is, 20 billion, um, sort of LS in terms of LSD tokens, uh, we don't, you know, you not, our job isn't necessarily to make that 60 billion of state ETH. Uh, become, you know, say 40 on chain in terms of LSDs. But that 20 that's there, you know, why can't we make 10 of that be in these CDP protocols or these LSD CDP protocols? And mm -hmm. I mean, that would be insane, you know, thinking about it. Um, but why not? And I think part of that is, and this is so part of the success is it almost feels like the CD, the, the LSD CDP thing is sort of inevitable. Like it, it has to happen because like you said, you know, when you have capital, you want to be able to, to free it up a little bit. And when you do free it up, you want to be able to do these things with it. And we're one of those players that can make that happen. And so I think that also helps. And so again, you know, product market fit, which seems like such a, a low hanging piece of fruit to say, you know, you gotta have really good product market fit, you know, um, Mm -hmm. here it's 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 there for sure yeah, yeah. i have a uh, one more question and i think we're good to wrap up um and that is uh well and then it's our lightning round but that is uh outside of prisma what other thing not just in DeFi, but in all of crypto are, are you excited about like it could be in DeFi, it could be outside of DeFi, could be anything like outside of prisma like what has you like you know really going um, okay, that's an interesting question because it's a hard one to ask a bunch of people that have been heads down, eyes closed, working on a protocol. Mm -hmm. So, 
Hmm. I'm trying to think, uh, you know, personally lately, I've just been hundred percent Prisma. So this is a true builder right here. <laughs> yeah. No you know, I'll tell you what, heads down, tell you what yeah. I missed, I missed when we opened up the, uh, to deposit because it was like, you know, I'm in the discord or I'm keeping an eye on the UI and I didn't get in until, you know, somebody pulled out. So like, I, I don't think I got uh, in until the cap was 20 million. Um, this is the second cap race. So I know a few, a few of us on the team were like that. Yeah. This man is manning the ship over here, making sure everything's smooth. All systems go for you to have, well, you know, you, you got yeah, it you know, as the builder. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got only, I mean, and I'm, I'm not like sort of like one of the key team members in respect to, with respect to, you know, watching, uh, you know, all the events on chain and watching the UI and everything, but you do mm -hmm. want to be there when the moment mm -hmm. comes and it's like, and so you've only got so many monitors and so many things on the go and you're watching the numbers and you're people asking in Discord, I'm trying to deposit, what's going on? And you're like, uh, you know, you don't want to leave these people uh, to the wayside. But I don't know, I think, I think the big thing that I'm looking at yeah, unfortunately, it's sort of is really trying to pay attention to how to help. The thing that I see in terms of making, and unfortunately, this is a bit selfish, but in terms of making Prisma grow is having the tools for people to understand uh, staking, getting into Prisma, what are the sort of risk uh, elements um, if they do well, I mean, somebody could just come along and say, I want to buy a whole bunch of MKUSD and stake it um, and not even open a vault or a trove or whatever we call it. And um, and I just want to LP and get that APR. But if I do that single-sided, what happens? You know, um, some people are doing that. And, you know, that isn't super healthy for the pools, uh, you know, when you deposit mm. single-sided. And it's not super healthy for their position either because all of a sudden yeah. they're like, hey, where did, you know, this percentage <laughs> of my deposits go? And And so... For, for me, the thing that I'm sort of excited about is when I'm talking to some of these uh, other protocols, I think uh, what's uh, risk radar, you know, in, into the block, those guys, they have this, you know, this, uh, these panels coming out for, for curve. I think Frax is involved of a compound ourselves and where, you know, they can do some simulations and you can get a really good idea of, you know, who's doing what in the protocol, what happens if, you know, this whale pulls out or what happens if this happens. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's, for me, that's the, um, and I'm totally not thinking of an, as, as a personal investor here. I'm just thinking of the whole ecosystem, you know, getting people on who maybe are just LSDs, you know, they're just staking or they're just doing something really light. Um, how can we help them understand the risk they'd be taking to get into protocols like Prisma and make things happen uh, for them? And so that's, that's, I think that's one of the places where I'm, I'm trying to pay attention for Prisma, but also really for the whole DeFi space, I think. The more people can understand, uh, rather than doing what a lot of us did, which was, you know, ape first, have skin in the game, and then read the docs and go, what did I just do? You know, um, show some people uh, how to onboard and mm -hmm. onboard safely. I think that's one of, the, one of the spaces I'm a bit excited about, because I think that's really going to help things grow. Taking our time, not just aping right away. Reading the docs, <laughs> holding a hand. No, he's like, no, 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 no. That, that right there, gentlemen, is there is no PMF for that here. Let me tell you now, there is no PMF yeah. for that. <laughs> well, maybe for us, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that wraps it up uh, for this episode. But before we go, uh, we have our lightning round, which we do at the end of every episode, where we get to know 
the person behind uh, the profile, the profile picture. picture. The pic- yeah. <laughs> if you don't see, <laughs> yeah, you don't see the profile picture. It's all good. We'll, 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 we'll get one up. We'll do a we'll post. We'll do a post. Okay, today, thanks, but, yeah. All right. Okay, so the ahead. first question, let me kick it off. It's like, what was your virgin crypto experience? When did you first touch the chain? And sex doesn't count. <laughs> okay. Um, it was actually buying, uh, what, what is this? Um, Litecoin. So this is 2016. Oh. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, you heard about, uh, you know, Bitcoin. Local like, where, was this local Litecoins or something? Local Litecoins? No, it was actually, uh, yeah, I heard about it just on, on Twitter or something. And I was just out in the middle of nowhere on holidays. I just downloaded Coinbase. It was like, and, uh, you know, bought some Litecoin. And the thing was like, you know, I heard about Bitcoin quite early when it was uh, integrated on WordPress but super busy as a developer at the time and thinking, oh, that's cute. Look what they did there. And just not giving it a second thought and, you know, kind of kick yourself in the butt years later and go, you know, if only I wasn't so busy, I would have paid attention to that, you know? Right, right. Got it. I'm sorry. Did you just say you bought the Litecoin on Coinbase and then did you do something else afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, um, started, you know, moving it on chain and monkey. Well, selling that, buying Ethereum, getting on chain. And uh, yeah, just uh, the whole thing, 2017, really. Got it. Got it. Oh, nice. Us too. Class of 2017. Nice. Um, okay. Second question is what is your favorite off chain touch grass activity, hobbies, and interests? Um, yeah, probably hitting the gym. I'm about to go right after this. I'm about to go right after this. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. We we, we care about fitness in the Frax realm. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Yeah, that's the one thing that remained consistent, I think. Uh, You know, just forcing that at least a couple days a week, uh, lifting uh, more if I can. But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, What would be some advice to your younger self? Pay attention to Bitcoin. <laughs> no, oh, uh, can't do no, that one. He, Everyone yeah, says that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, well, this is a good question. I guess keeping your eyes open for edge, right? Um, I see certain people in the crypto industry who are able to identify edge really quickly and just be like, oh, that's something I can play and I can play it this way. Um, I found, say, through the years of grinding and working, uh, you sort of, you're trying to build up, say, your experience, you're trying to build up uh, your repertoire and things like that. And you get high, I got hyper-focused on that type of stuff. And I wasn't necessarily mm. thinking of um, sort of builder's edge or um, investor's edge or, you know, when you hear people figure things out quickly, I mean, I point to Justin Sun quite often, you know, I see where he, yeah, I know true. like a lot of people say like he copies or he does this or that, you know, but there are times where he does some plays and you're just like, wow, like that was a ballsy move, you know? And it was, uh, you know, he had his eyes open to something out there that um, other people might've seen, but didn't move on. And maybe he can take more risk. But that sort of thing, being able to sort of identify where's their edge. I think a really cool example was that recent book, uh, the Walter Isaacson, uh, Elon Musk book, where they talked about, Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember what it was called. He had a name for it. But, you know, certain parts that were really expensive. And he's like, how much is the base product in that part? 
how much is it worth? And they're like $2,000. I'm like, how much are they charging us to buy this part? $200,000. And he's like, okay, why aren't we making this part ourselves for like $2,000 plus, you know, $1,000 sort of thing. And it's that sort of idea, you know, like I find that innovators edge thing is something that a lot of people are really good at just because naturally they're, I don't know, sort of players in that realm. But I also think that's a bit of a skill. And I think that's something that I would say, keep your eye on something like that. Because, because that really is, I think, a solution where you wouldn't miss, say, Bitcoin, or you wouldn't miss um, mm -hmm. other technological sort of little breakthroughs that have happened that if you're a developer, you know, you would catch that quickly and you would ride it to be, you know, at the front of the class, so to speak. You know, the first sort of a first person there, like one of the first flags planted in the ground. So yeah, that would be it. Like really develop the skill to keep an eye and find edge in different places. Got Innovate, it. I guess. Okay. Got it. And a last question for me, then Dave will close us out here with his, but mine is if you weren't in tech or engineer crypto finance, what other professional career path would you be on right now? Interesting question. Part of me would say, I think I would still be interested in business and finance, but I'm also sort of interested in law, which all sounds really boring. But uh, yeah, uh -huh. um, yeah, I think the older you get, the more you, I circle back to that. Because, you know, when I was younger, I was interested in that. But then, you know, programming is creative and you can bloom. You can do lots of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's an interesting world out there. And I think there's a lot of edge. and There's a lot of neat things that can happen. And so I think it would be working in something where you're innovating um, at some edge. You know, like, you know, you think about... Self-driving cars. You think about some of this, uh, you know, solar-based energy where they've got panels in the sort of uh, in subspace, beaming energy back to Earth and things like that. I think if you're working in some area like that, something uh, again on the edge of, of of what can be done. The edge. Yeah, it's something that I'm just interested in for whatever reason. Yeah. Cool. Nice. And then uh, my final question is. Um, who do you want to see on Flywheel next? Who would you recommend as a guest? Uh, that's a tough one. I think you guys, uh, you guys are having Sam soon, are you not? We're having a space with him. Uh, right. Well, we've had it on Sam a few times, but yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, it's always it's always exciting to see that. So, um, same. <laughs> Yeah. So, geez, I don't know. Like it's just been heads down so much that it's hard to pick. Uh, <laughs> That's so bullish. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess I would, uh, yeah, I can't come up with a name for you there. Sorry. Um, you know, because I do watch some shows. I do see a lot of people. And when I do, when I am interested in somebody, I, I just try to dig them up. Dig up what's the, what's been of, your favorite episode of Flywheel? Um, I mean, the episode the other day where, uh, so I was watching an episode just the other day where you covered a bit of Prisma. It was interesting to see the discussion happening, um, mostly because from, from my point of view, uh, seeing uh, you guys and, 
you know, seeing guys from other shows like Leviathan and things like this. Um, it's interesting to see and hear what you guys are seeing from your side compared to what we're living with on our uh. side. And so I think because that gives a really good window on what people are understanding and what people think is happening. And, you know, oftentimes you kind of know what is happening. And so when something like that happens, you get a really good idea of, let's say, if I have to pop into a chat and say, hey, we're not communicating this correctly or uh, mm-hmm. this needs to be, you know, mm-hmm. adjusted. So I, I've, I've picked that out. I can't give you a concrete example right now of some things that you guys said previously, but I mean, you asked some questions today that like, for example, the, the, the redemption liquidation thing, I can't remember, but that was confused at some point. I don't know if it was on one of your shows or if it was mm-hmm. on Leviathan. And so I think that was an important thing. So it's just things like that, that I found were, were the things. So in terms of a whole show, yeah, I wasn't looking for uh, you know a whole show that I'd be a fan of, but I was sort of looking to see mm. sort of what clues can I find where I can get something useful here. Yeah. Again, super selfish, I suppose, but uh, yeah. No, your head's down building, uh, as Kit said, bullish. Uh, yeah. And with that, uh, where could people find you and where could people find Prisma online and on social media? Um, yeah, so we are uh, at, well, just prismafinance.com. Um, you can find the links to all of our socials there. And I am, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit long. It's zero X Baba Ramdas on Twitter. So you're probably better just to go to, uh, Prisma, Prisma's, um, profile on Twitter. So let's, uh, we'll link Prisma. it in the description. Yeah. yeah Prisma the description. Fi, all one word. P-R-I-S-M-A-F-I. So Prisma Fi. Yeah. All right, Richard. Thank you so much for coming on, and we hope to see you again soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's been great. Looking forward to coming back at some point. Thanks. For sure. See thanks. you, man. Great. See you. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Post Game Show. I'm your host, DeFi Dave, here, as always, with Capital K, wrapping up our show with Richard from Prisma, where we went deep into the protocol, the ins, its outs, the redemptions, and redemption arcs and everything in between. Uh, Kit, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I, th- I thought this was a fun one. Obviously, Prisma experienced tremendous success at pre- pretty much right out, out of the gate. But I wanted to highlight during the interview that a lot kind of went into that, you know, preparation, making sure everything, as Richard said, Absolutely. downhill. Everything was downhill, downhill right? Mm-hmm. In in the right sense of like momentum, forwardness, and, and and things of that nature. And I felt it was just such a shining example that you could still launch a DeFi protocol today and still pick up. If you pick up PMF, you get the full support of the ecosystem and get integrated pretty much seamlessly in less than a hundred days. You know, so it's it's less it's than a hundred awesome days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I for me, I think the highlight was like how in the beginning he highlighted what a redemption actually was because I feel like there's a lot of users out there. It sounds like there were a lot of users out there that may have experienced a redemption. Like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Or like, if they're yeah. a user looking at the protocol, they're like, they may not be sure what they're getting into. But it's like, hey, like there's this different mechanic that isn't exactly a liquidation, but it may seem like one, and it's a redemption. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. Being able to explain that, um, and then because we have sort of liquidations, so being able to explain that and the difference and how to be careful and use proper risk management as a user 
um, was, you know, a, a big highlight of that interview of this interview. And he really appreciated it. Cause I feel like they probably got a ton of shit when they're like, why did I get, I made collateral was blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. But you know, they've been, you know, I, we've been talking about Prisma for so long here on flywheel, uh, Sam and crypto Vester, uh, and, uh, Phil are like the biggest fans of Prisma. They're, they're pris- prismatics. I don't know what we call Prisma people. Prismaholics. Prismians. Prismaholics. Pris- yeah. But uh, I, that also when he was talking about, uh, you know, how they got everything at right place, right time, market timing. I think it's so underrated, like how much timing matters. Like if you're launching a protocol with uh, headwinds instead of tailwinds, did I get that right? Headwinds? Tailwinds? Yeah, yeah. headwinds, yeah. correct. Headwinds instead of tailwinds, then it's going to be that much more difficult for you to, you know, find a PMF to get users to get yeah. growth, TVL, any way to measure growth, it's harder. But when you yeah. when they launched, there was a time when, you know, ETH may just bottomed and like and this current like moment, like it just went up from like low like mid to late like high thousands. Now it's like low two thousands and whatnot. Right now. So right timing on everything as well. Yeah, agree. And the the product, right? Let's not to mention they chose a really um, genre specific product, you know, yeah. like Liquidity tried it with the way with just Eve, then uh, Vesta Finance tried it with multi collateral, rip, and who, who knew the math was just Eve, but liquid staking Eve, <laughs> you know, that like, was like, it, that was the like, product market like, fit. That's what people want to use. People, yeah, when yeah. people are earning yield, they want more yield. That's the name of the game. How much, how many yeah. times can I make that yield number go up? Yeah, but but also what you said I really like was having your cake and eat it too. That is so true of what every DeFi protocol wants because they think that's what the user wants. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, bring that up again and make sure uh, we have a discussion around like, is it worth it? Maybe you don't want to eat the whole cake. Maybe you could just eat a portion of the cake. You know, you, you can't have it all or maybe you don't even want to have it all, right? What are the mm-hmm. implications there? Um so I'm glad we had that discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And also when he was talking about uh, their videos and branding, it reminds us of uh, our branding we have okay. here and how that's so important when, you know, creating a narrative, getting people excited, you know, getting people to kind of attach their feelings to an image or a brand like, oh, Pris- like in Prisma and LSD, it just goes together so well. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And so, you know, be excited to see the progress in the future. I am more than certain that Crypto Vester will be ha- uh, mentioning them on his Alpha Corner again. And if you want to catch his Alpha Corner uh, or anything Flywheel related, make sure you go right now to our website, flywheeldefi.com. Subscribe right now. And to keep up with everything Flywheel, make sure you hit that bell button and subscribe right down there. Uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Give us a like. Every little bit helps. Make sure you follow us on all our social media at Flywheel DeFi on Twitter, TikTok, and Telegram. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at DeFiDave22. And follow me at 0x capital underscore K. And we'll see you next week.